Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Scott Wurzbacher, and today we're going to talk about adventure by boat. Our guests have recently completed the Great Loop, which according to greatloop.com is a circumnavigation of the eastern U.S. and part of Canada. The route includes Atlantic Intracoastal Waterway, the New York State Canals, the Canadian Canals, the Great Lakes, the Inland Rivers, and the Gulf of Mexico. Loopers, as they're called, take on this adventure of a lifetime aboard their own boat. I have with me Dave and Denise Liga from upstate New York. Dave and Denise retired just about five years ago. Dave spent his career as a photographer and Denise as a banker. And after a full life of working and raising kids, they decided it was time for a big adventure. And they decided to do it by boat. And they're here to tell us their story of completing the Great Loop. Dave, Denise, welcome to the campfire. Hey, Scott. Hey, How Scott. you doing? Oh, great. I'm so excited to hear this story. You know, um, when I first um, heard the term the Great Loop, I have to be honest, I, I didn't even know what it was. But I, um, I've always, I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up around boats. And I always kind of had this dream of, of someday, like, uh, living on a boat down the intracoastal waterway. And so I hear about the Great Loop, and that's just like one element of this whole Great Loop. And I, frankly, I don't even know that I realized you could make this circle. So I, I wonder for other people like me that, that, that weren't familiar with the Great Loop, um, could you just go ahead and, and start by telling us about this adventure and about, and about the Great Loop? Well, the, uh, great, the Great Loop, I mean, when we first uh, retired, or before we retired, we didn't uh, even know about it until we started getting involved with boats. It started boating late in life. So uh, we discovered this Great Loop, you know, and this is what sparked our interest. In the, in the Loop, uh, we had to start at the St. Lawrence River, and you can go down to what they call the Trans-Severn Canal System, which takes you through Canada. Uh, which has all these, you know, two, how many, it was like 42 locks in there. 42 locks, yeah. 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 And uh, the locks are pretty unique, you know, they're, they're still fairly modern, but they have more of the old characteristics to them. Uh, there's a lift lock, which is like two big bathtubs that go up and down, um, called the Peterborough lift lock, and uh, takes you up 90 feet and or 60 feet and 90 seconds. And there's like two of those in the in the uh, canal system, uh, along with the normal locks that you would see on the Erie Canal or down or in uh, you know the Dismal Swamp or any of those areas. And then there's a, a lock, what they call the uh, the Great Chute, the Big Chute, and uh, that is where they put your boat on a strap on a rail car and take you over the mountain and drop you into Georgian Bay. Pretty unique. Uh, we've wow. got videos and stuff of that and some photos. Pretty neat. It's, it's really neat. So that, that whole system was really cool. And then uh, once we dropped into Georgian Bay, which is part of Lake Huron, and we went across the, the Northern Channel into Mac or Lake Michigan, and then down to Chicago, and then you go with the river system from the Illinois, uh, the Mississippi, the uh, Ohio, Tennessee, down into Mobile Bay, Alabama. We did a crossing across the Gulf from uh, Carabel to uh, Tarpon Springs, which is a 26-hour run across the Gulf of Mexico, and we do wow. it at night, which was not fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you go down to the Keys, around the tip of Florida, up the intercoastal uh, along the East Coast into uh, New York Harbor. And then you go up the Hudson River and then across the Erie Canal into the Great Lakes. Wow. And there it is. That's, and, that's and the Great that's, Loop. That's a Great Loop. But it was like the loop for us was, I think, 5,600 miles on the boat. Uh, you know, the thing that shortened us up a little bit is obviously COVID. 
but normally it runs about 6,000 to 6,500 miles with all the side trips. 6,000 miles. And yeah. how long did that take you? 390 days. 390 days, 6,000 miles in 390 days. So what this, I mean, I have so many questions about some of the specifics, especially like the engineer that I am would love to learn more about the lock system. Oh, you'd love it. 60 feet in 90 seconds. I, I want to come back to that and see what that was like. But what inspired you to do this trip? I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about like life before the adventure and then, you know, what, what triggered this for you guys? Well, we had we worked hard, very hard all of our lives, and you know we were hockey parents. And like when we decided to retire, we knew we didn't want to sit around and do nothing. And like Dave said, we got into boating late. And after a few years of driving down to Florida trying to figure out if we wanted a summer home or not, we just looked at each other and said, "Why? Why don't we just get a boat?" <laughs> pretty much. I love that. Yeah, pretty much. And then we can have the best of both worlds. We just go up and down the coast. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like you and I, we had we all had a kind of a pre-conversation before this, and that was something that stuck out in my head. You guys had mentioned after retirement that you kind of went house hunting, and uh, just felt like you weren't really getting anywhere. And I just I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about that experience because it did seem like it was sort of an aha. Like it is sort of this abstract idea. Like wait a minute, maybe we do a boat instead of a house. Yeah, it was. I mean, we we were in Florida. We we're staying. We were down at Fort Myers trying to, you know, check out houses and stuff. And we we're having lunch with a couple of, of cocktails. And uh, yeah, we talked about it. You know, like uh, you know, there's so much to see, and and most of the, uh, I guess, most people see the water from land, but we wanted to see the land from the water, and we love boating, and it's this adventure that we discovered, you know, we couldn't say no, we had to do it, you know, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we were pretty set on that once we talked about it, you know, it's just, it was a must do. It was a must do. What I love this. I mean, so this podcast is all about this voice inside that calls us to adventure. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm hearing you say like, we, we just had like this idea came and then it's someone you, you're saying like, you had to do it. It was this must do like, I, what, where did the idea come from? And can you talk about that, that feeling of must do? Well, well Dave did most of the research on that because I was still working at the time this was coming together. And, um, you know, you just started researching. The Great Loop. And yeah, we, we already had a boat, but it wasn't the proper boat. But uh, again, we knew nothing about the Great Loop until we, I started to research it. And then, uh, you know, it just... Here, looking at all the uh, what people talked about it, you know, some of the you know, seeing uh, things and things you never see, you know, we would have never experienced the locks and the that stuff. And it just that that sense of you know adventure. I just I think it just took us over, you know. And and we're at an age, uh, Scott, that you know time doesn't stand still, mm -hmm. you know, and. Uh, you know, we're at an age that you just can't postpone it. You know, you have to move forward if you're going to do stuff like this. Now, the life we lead or led is not for everybody, but anybody that has an inclination of wanting to do something adventurous, you know, it's it's not a big deal. They should just do it, you know, and, and it's, uh, we had, had so many friends and, and older friends that I watched and they retired and then they, uh, Went back to work. They got bored. They were sitting <laughs> watching the Weather Channel all morning or the soaps, and then they got bored and went back to work. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do it. There was so much to see and do, and we felt that we had to do it while we're, we're still able to. You know, you don't have a guarantee on how long you can or cannot do this stuff. So we had, we jumped into it. There was no second guessing. Yeah, I'm, I really love this. And and so like this particular adventure, I mean, there's so many different adventures that you could have chosen, but this is the one that you chose. Do you remember like when you first heard about the Great Loop? I, you know, I think I just read it in a, I, I used to get boat magazines. Yeah. Smaller magazines. And I think I, I we kicked that, you know, we picked yeah. it up. 
and, and went to the website, the AGLCA website, and started reading about it. And I go, God, this is cool. This is absolutely cool. You know, we love boating. It's not for everybody, but it's just, it was cool, you know, and uh, it was, you know, you, you know your, your thoughts in the background of the unknowing, you know, yeah, that gets a little, uh, it isn't scary, but, you know, just the unknowing of what, you know, was about to happen, you know. Hey, everyone, it's Scott here. This podcast is a passion project for me because I absolutely love adventure. And it's thanks to the effort of my residential real estate team here in Charlotte, North Carolina, that many of you know as the W Realty Group, that this podcast gets funded. This awesome group of people have unmatched levels of competence and caring for our clients. If you know of anyone looking to buy or sell a home, our team serves the Charlotte, North Carolina market, but we can also help you find an agent anywhere throughout the US or Canada through our highly connected network. When you support our real estate business, you are also supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for your referrals. So Denise, do you remember this? Like, did he, did Dave come to you with a magazine and go, Hey, check this out. Like, what, what was that like for you? Well, he, he talked to me about it a couple of times and I did a little research on my own. I went and I was just like, why not? You know, it's, uh, you know, the only, the only trepidation I had was, uh, you know, having to get rid of the house and all of our possessions and, you know, just basically become dirtless. That, uh, that was the only thing that really, that was hard, but uh, we did it. And uh, then he called me one day and he said, I found this trawler that was for, that's for sale. They're doing, they're, they're on the loop now. You know, and we met them in Fulton, New York and looked at their boat and uh, decided that that was the boat we wanted. And they told us a little bit about their trip and that's where it started. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder, like, was this something that like was a dream that turned into a reality? And like, if, yeah. it... if anything, because because we started so late in life, yeah. we didn't have that dream. You know, it just it just became, you know, it just happened. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of thought. Once we knew what we wanted to do, you know, there was no no second guess. There's no thought, different thought, you know? Yeah. A lot of people in our in our situation do what you say they do. You know, they dream for years. We a lot of people will talk to us because you know we have done it, and there's other people that have done it two, three times. We know this old couple that's done it thirty times. They just haven't stopped, you know. Mm -hmm. But there are some you know people, you know, they worry about it. You know, they worry about health. How do you handle health? You know, and it's, it, you know. It's, yeah, how do you handle your mail? How do you handle your prescriptions? You know, it all falls into place yeah. just by talking to other bloopers. Yeah, you get information from, you know, especially joining groups. You know, there's all kinds of groups on there. In our case, the American Great Loop has a AGLCA. It's called the American Great Loop Cruisers Association. And that's how you get information and you network and you learn all this stuff, you know. So it takes a lot of that I guess it takes away the, you know, the being scared to do it stuff, you know, cause you've, you got people out there that help you with this. And yeah. that's it. And so you guys said you got into boating kind of later in life. Like what, what kind of boating experience did you have up to that point when you made the decision to go do this? Uh, we had a 21 foot bow rider. We had our first boat we bought, we yeah. bought it brand new and it was probably it 13 years ago, yeah, you know, so we had that for a few years and then we upgraded into a 31 foot uh, uh, cruiser, you know, that we had on the Great Lakes. Loved it. Loved it. We were out all the time. And then we learned about the Great Loop. So that kind of made that the, the uh, cruiser wasn't going to work Yeah, for that type of thing. So we ended up buying the trawler and I had to sell the cruiser and you know, it's not good owning two boats at one time. Yeah, it's not good at all. Yeah. yeah. And we spent a lot of time in the St. Lawrence River. And yeah, we'd take the boat out and just anchor someplace and spend the afternoon doing absolutely nothing. And yeah. that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we bought, you know, so that was basically it. You know, we're kind of different than a lot of people in our situation. But, you know, I say that, but I know a lot of boaters, and I don't suggest this at all, that uh, had no boating experience, went out and bought a, mm -hmm. a 43 foot trawler and have never driven a boat before. Yeah, that you is know. not. So I don't suggest that, but there are people that have done that. We've yeah. met a few of them, and, yes. 
Well, and and they probably figured it out as they went, right? Yeah. But, but I mean, so even, did, so, so did painful. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but even in your case, I mean, you guys, if I'm doing the math right, you guys only had about four years worth of boating experience before you jumped into this thing. And so um, what um, what kind of planning had to go into this once you guys made up your de your decision that you were going to do this? Um, how much time did it take before you were actually ready to, to get moving? Yeah, we really didn't have we're, we're different people, Scott. But I mean, it, we the biggest plan we had to do is what we were going to do with the house and all our possessions, you know. And uh, the house for us was easy to get rid of because we didn't really like living where we lived. You know, we had a beautiful place and everything, but it was the, the area was going down, so we mm -hmm. wanted to get away from it. So that was easy. That was the easy part. But it's just getting rid of everything as far as preparing for this you know we had the boat we had what we wanted to do you know we were going to do the gray loop so uh well we like, had we had all the safety gear we had stuff, the safety yeah. stuff you had to have all that stuff but the uh i guess you know we knew what we wanted to do but the thing is is like a lot of people we put way too much stuff on our boat that we really didn't need so yeah. Five months later, we're getting rid of all the stuff that we had on because we never used it. So that was kind of like an over over prep. Uh, other than that, I mean, we just said, you know, our friends came down to the dock and, uh, you know, waved us off. And I looked at Denise and I said, well, here, here we go. We here we go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So the way we handled our trip is a lot of people will try to plan things out. You know, mm -hmm. it just depends on the person. It was like a day by day boat trip for us. We just never went back. You know, we'd have our destinations maybe one or two days ahead. We didn't plan a lot, you know, which is kind of, I mean, there's other couples like us, but it's kind of unique in this situation, you know. But, you know, every stop, if we liked it, we stayed a while. If we didn't like it, we moved to the next stop, you mm -hmm. know, and there's the, the whole country, you know, we learned on this thing and how unique and great our country is, you know, and the areas that we live in, because each area on this loop had a, had, was unique in its own little way, you know, Canada was beautiful, the rivers, not so beautiful, but kind of unique, you know, and then you got the golf is beautiful and the keys and all that stuff. So, and lots of history, a lot of history. We, yeah. we hit the museums and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So 390 days when you set out, did you guys know how long, did you have an idea of how long you thought it was going to take? Just by, just, I, I would have to say through the AGL say, you know, things that we researched, you know, some people do a, I mean, we've known people that have done it in a, in a jet ski. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, just young guy that, that they did the loop in a jet ski, you know, yeah. and, uh, well, and I, I anticipated a couple of years and, and that, you know, that was fine. Except like Dave said earlier, COVID really put a damper on a lot yeah, of stuff because we couldn't go see things we wanted to see. A lot of the museums were shut down. A lot of everything yeah. was shut down. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it kind of took away at our loop, but we, we made it up when we came back, kept boating after the loop. Yeah. And so for listeners context, you guys started in July, I believe, of 2019. Correct. Yes. So yeah. halfway through is when COVID hit. What that, exactly. that's yeah. probably worth some conversation. What was that like for you guys living on a boat and having the world go into a pandemic? Well, it's pretty scary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're we're pretty isolated, so we never caught it. Number one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I can remember sitting. At, we were in Fort Myers uh, at um, Edison Ford Marina, and that's when they started talking about shutting the country down. I. I'm saying to myself, there is no way they can shut this the economy down like this. You know, it'd kill us. And sure enough, they did, you know. And so then we got, my sister lived in Vero Beach, so we made our way over there trying to figure out um, how we're going to handle this. Uh, the uh, rumors that, you know, marinas aren't, weren't allowing anybody into the marina. You couldn't get fuel. You couldn't get groceries. And all that stuff. So we had to, we held for about a month trying to figure out what's going to happen up the way, you know, and, and uh, then we just decided, let's just go for it. You know, we'll, we'll do it as we go along. And we didn't have too many problems. There were some, you know, we had a marina, that, a lot of marinas wouldn't let you off the boat. Toilet paper was a big deal. Yeah, you know? everywhere. Not just the <laughs> well, yeah. You only could carry so much toilet paper. Yeah. On a boat. But, uh, 
Yeah, but we we got through it. Uh, it. It was disappointing to us that, you know, we had all these stops that we wanted to go into, and we just said, you know, why waste the money going into the Marines? You can't. Yeah, no you restaurants can't were open. No no museums. No anything was open. You know, so it's just like we just uh, headed up the coast to try to cross our wake and. And uh, basically, I think that's what it kind of sped us up a little bit because yeah. we didn't go up the Potomac. You can go up the, up into Washington. You, you know, we never got out to the Bahamas or any of that stuff. So that kind of, you know, like, you know, it, it dampered it quite a bit, really, I would say. Um, but once we completed our loop back up in the St. Lawrence, you know, we weren't done. It's too cold up here. We turned the boat back around and went back down to Florida. And after things loosened up, we started visiting all these places we that missed. we missed to begin. Oh with. yeah, okay. Yeah. So you kind of backtracked a little bit. Well, you know, I think what's what's really interesting um, is that you know a lot of people would see somebody that goes and does an adventure like this, and you know the worry is like, well, what if something goes wrong? And it did, right? I mean, this the world went into a pandemic, but you guys figured it out, yeah, right? And I'm just sitting yeah. here talking to you guys about it right now, and you seem pretty casual about it, like. You know, a pretty yeah. big deal happened. Yeah. yeah. You know how, like, this is kind of a funny thing, and I got a picture of it, but you know how it, it to get a COVID shot, you had to go on a waiting list, or mm -hmm. it's really hard to get one, right? So I was I was in Coco, Coco Village, and Denise was up here visiting family. I needed, I, I dialed around, and I got an appointment to get my COVID shot, right? So I'm thinking, you know, it's Easter weekend. I'll just, I'll just get a, a, you know, rental car and go over there. It's like 20 miles away and get the shot done. And uh, there's no rental cars. They had all had them out because of Easter, but yet there weren't that many around, anyways, because of the COVID. Yeah. So I says, well, I'll just get an Uber. <laughs> there's no Uber drivers because they weren't making any money because yeah. nobody was going anywhere. Right. So they, they stopped doing that. So I got on my, I always go into a place, I get on Google Maps and start checking out the area and see what's it, you know, every place we went. And all of a sudden I see this little icon say U-Haul. <laughs> so I call us, I rented a U-Haul truck. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I love that. Anything. You know, it is, you know, there's isn't really any anything that can really stop you if you, you know, you just, I think that's one thing Denise and I have done the most is we've learned how to relax and figure things out where during the, you know, before under the day-to-day -day bustle, you, you know, you used to get tensed up because you, you know, you couldn't, it was just too, too much stuff. Yeah. I now, love that. That is resourceful. Yeah. So well, uh, you got to take things in stride. So yeah. And I mean, it's... we've had, I mean, everybody, uh, the biggest, the biggest uh, th thing I, I, I get a kid chuckle out of it. People will ask us, you know, I say they know we've done this is they look at us and we've been on the, well, we basically been on the water four years. And the first thing, question they ask is, did you ever run into any bad weather? <laughs> and I go, no, nah, it's just all been sunshine flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, but we've had some scares and stuff, you know, like, you know, as we yeah. got better at it, you know, things became easier and we got, you know, we, we didn't have any scares after we, you know, because we knew how to handle the weather and stuff like that. You know, all that came into play. Yeah, well, so I wonder if we can, if we can go there and talk about some of the highlights and maybe some of the lowlights of the trip as you kind of circumnavigated um, the eastern U.S. Could you, could you hit some highlights for us? Well, <laughs> we had... Uh... We, we were up in Bad River in then Canada, uh, and that would be the North Channel or Georgian yep, Bay. North Channel. And we we were with some friends, and everybody got their dinghies down, and we only had a, what, 2.5 horsepower mower? Mm -hmm. And um, there's some rapids that you can go up. Of course, our friends had bigger boats or dinghies than we did, but we gave it a good shot. We got like almost to the top and it just wouldn't do it and i was recording it as we were doing it and i'm like nope here we go we're going backwards <laughs> yeah scott i guess i gotta say one of the my our i have to say it's probably the biggest highlight is the number of people we met yes and many of these people have become lifelong friends that we would have never met if we hadn't done this and uh, that, that that's a huge highlight to us I mean, the, 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 uh, a lot of highlights, you know, from the locks and the dolphins swimming next to the boat and the sun, the sunrises and sunset, 
You don't get beautiful. that online. Absolutely beautiful. You, you don't, we have thousands of photographs of sunrises and sunsets. And you don't get that on land because you don't get that that color reflecting off the water, you know, and it's just amazing, amazing colors, you know. And and after traveling, you know, almost a almost a year and coming back into the Hudson and just seeing the mountains, it's just oh, it's magnificent. Okay, and you, you know, because you forget, you see all these grasslands and flatlands and stuff, and, and you're just in awe mm -hmm. when you get into the Hudson Valley. We had pictures of our boat in front of the uh, the um, arches in, in St. Louis, and we have pictures of our boat and us in front of the Lady Liberty. <laughs> Lady and, Liberty, yep. You know, so, I mean, and it's just like the Chesapeake Bay is amazing. I just love the Chesapeake. You know, a ton of pictures yeah. with our docktail friends, and, yeah. you know, we, we always... Docktails is, you know, everybody got. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Docktails. Yeah. So, and it's, I mean, it's just, there's so much that was amazing. You know, like there's, there was some downsides, you know, but most of them are awesome sides, you know, they're just great. Um, some of the downsides I think we had is um, obviously you run into mechanical issues. Mm -hmm. um, I learned, I, I was not a mechanic before we started this, but now I'm a, I do pretty well with it because you got to learn how to fix things just like yep. RVs. Yeah, we had it. We lost an engine. We had to have an engine rebuilt, um, which we only had one engine on the boat, so that's pretty important. You can't go too far yeah. with no engine. So we had, you know, we got through <laughs> that. You know, there's always challenges. We had we got caught in a couple of hurricanes, um, not not the major ones, but the ends of them. So uh, no damage, but it just it gets the heart pumping. Um, and I think uh, we got caught in a in a storm. We had like 65 mile an hour winds at Anchorage. Again, we learned how to handle this stuff, and uh, you get through it. You, you know, you know it's coming. You learn how to predict. Can you talk us through that? How how, how do you get through that? The, the, especially the weather, because that yeah, I think that is probably a question that a lot of people would worry about. Yeah, yeah the weather. I mean, through experience, you learn how to. Uh, Look at the apps. We had all this. One thing about we talk about, you know, this this adventure stuff we have. Nowadays, it's so much easier because of technology. You know, thirty years ago or forty years ago, we couldn't, have, we wouldn't have been able to do this without without a lot of training. But because of the technology, it makes it much easier. And like weather, you have your you have your the technology, you know, technology and the apps that are very good. You just learn get one you like and, and you work with it and uh, you learn, you learn the weather and you learn what's coming you learn how to protect yourself. Um, you know, like in this storm, we talked about the 60 mile an hour winds, you know, we tucked in behind the uh, leeward side of an Island. So it kept, it keeps some of the, what they call fetch, you know, yeah. the waves banging on your boat, you're protected from the Island. So you learn, you learn this stuff. When we first started out, we didn't know this stuff. Where where were you when that was going on? Uh, we were in what they call uh, Pelican Bay, which is uh, Punta Gorda area Cayo of Costa. Florida, Cayo Costa, just north of Fort Myers. Ian went through the hurricane. Mm -hmm. The eye went right over where we used to anchor and wiped it all out. There's nothing, hardly anything left there anymore. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, uh, it, I mean, and it's just through experience, you know, it, it uh, you got to keep yourself safe. So you stay on top of this stuff. You know, but it, it's not dangerous. You know, this doesn't happen every day. Every, you know, probably in our four years we've been doing this, we may have had five scary moments, I guess. Not some not scary, but, you know, you just, again, you know, you, you have to protect yourself. We had one situation that uh, this was just as we got started. Uh, we were in uh, Alabama. It was in Orange Beach. Oh. Uh, uh, Panhandle, Orange Beach. And uh, we went to bed at night and the big storm blew in and we thought we were hooked well. And we, excuse me, we blew into another boat and uh, did a little damage, you know, and being woke up at, uh, out of a dead sleep at like two o'clock in the morning gets the heart racing pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, but we survived it. I mean, it, I mean, we managed to, we got ourselves hooked and we stayed there the rest of the night and stayed up all night making I sure. Didn't we didn't sleep know. after that. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. the question is, you said you, you made a lot of friends and you made a, had a lot of connections. Did you make friends with the person whose boat you 
you bumped into. Uh, no, that was, it was a derelict boat. It had to be a derelict it, it, boat. It, it, oh, it was a derelict okay. But if we did, if, there, if it was one of those boats, yeah, we probably would have made friends. One thing we've learned about the boating industry, or boating people, I mean, they're all like super friendly people. You know, they mm. go out of your way to help you or we all work together. You know, the law of the sea is you never, you never leave a boat in distress. You know, you're always there. No matter if you got to go 100 miles out of your way, you, you've got to help that boater, you know. Yeah, my sense is it's a real helping community. It really is. I mean, we were up in uh, Hopewell Bay in Canada, and we, again, we were traveling with two other couples and their boats, and um, we discovered that our anchor wouldn't go down. And we're like, okay, what do we do now? We well, yeah, so we wrapped it up to one of the boats that we were with, and they and it worked out just fine. And when we got to a marina, Scott, you know, I, I had to get the part to fix it. A guy's got a brand new pickup truck, throws me the keys and says, here you go. Take it. Go get what you need. You know, I didn't even know the guy. You know, so it's pretty it's a pretty cool world we live in. You know, you really if you get out there and explore it and see it. You know, it is. And I think there are, you know, people that experience life in a different way. And what's what I'm thinking about right now is like just this helping nature, the kindness that you guys experience, like, but it's, but it sounds to me like that's pretty broad in that community. And I'm just curious, like, what is it about that environment that brings that out in people? I think it's the water. I, I, yeah, I, I just think, <laughs> I think it's, it's the, the fact that you, you, yeah. you have to rely on, on each other when you're out there on the water. So yeah. the water relaxes everybody. You're always happy on the water, you know? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, it's always been that way in the community. It's not just on the looper side, but anytime you're involved with boating, you know, they're quick to jump out and help you into a dock or grab a line or, yeah. you know, or, uh, if you're out and about, which we, believe me, I, I really do appreciate that when they come out to help doc. <laughs> no, she's not saying I'm a bad doctor. No, 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 <laughs> no. He did really well. It's just sometimes it was difficult to catch a cleat. Yeah. So, well, my my sense too is like this is not an ordinary way of life. You know, you've got to be yeah. sort of thinking outside of the box to to decide to buy a boat and go do something like this. And so, you know, to a degree, like you kind of. You have to be resourceful, but you also know that you're going to go through some rough spots. You're going to go through some some fun spots, but you know you hope that other people are going to help you, and you know that when it's your turn, you've got to help them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, and it's it's not a life for everybody, you know, but it's been a great life for us. I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, it sure sounds like it, especially to be you know just surrounded with with so many cool people. And you wouldn't think that like you guys talked about COVID and, you know, not being in contact with people, but you did share with me on that first call that connection was such an important part. Like, how does that, how does that connection piece happen? Probably you got people doing the same thing, you know, You're yeah. it, you know, you have the same interests, so it's easy to make friends, you know, and people that people that are in the AGLCA, they also use a, an app called Nebo. And when you go into, if you go into a marina, They'll pop on Nebo to see how many AGLCA flags are in that marina, and they walk around and introduce themselves. Yeah. And then you know they everybody invites everybody else. Let's let's get together for docktails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's amazing how you can technology. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah. That's great technology and how that can use that. Um, yeah. Denise, you used one of my favorite words a little bit ago. You said uh, awe. I, I love that word, um, and I use it on this podcast all the time. I, I've actually. Um, brought up the definition from the dictionary of the word all. It's this reverential respect mixed with fear and wonder. <laughs> That's good. And I, and I just it. wonder if there, you know, maybe a couple of awe moments that you guys had while you were out there. There were probably a couple, but I can't really name one right now. Mm. Um, well, you know, on the Mississippi, just watching those toes go by you, that could... Uh, that could really give you an awe moment, believe me, because the, the barges that they push are 35 feet wide and 70 feet long, mm. and they usually stack them three wide and, uh, you know, nine long. They, they could be as big as five wide, nine long. And, uh, and they're coming around these switchbacks coming at you and you're like, Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That could be a little scary. Yeah. yeah. And when we're doing the, uh, Trent Severin, um, you, you got to call ahead when you're in an area that, you know, like 
could be dangerous to other boaters or whatever. And you, it's a security call. And in places in the Trent Severn, um, we'd be in a canal that is probably <laughs> 40, <don't> <laughs> 40 feet wide. Yeah, and uh, we're a trawler that was 40 feet wide and 14 wide. You're not gonna turn that boat around or back up if you meet another boat in, the, in that uh, area. And some of these areas were 10 miles long, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, you'd be looking around the corners just seeing if you could see a bow wave and you know who's gonna back up, but didn't have any problem there. What was the other oh, thing we had? Um, Great Lakes, the great, mm -hmm. uh, you get over in Georgian Bay or if you ever been, have been up to the Great Lakes, you're gonna be up there soon. I, I was in Superior a couple of years ago, yeah. And you notice how clear the lake is? Yeah. Very clear. You can see right to the, you can 30 feet, 40 feet to the bottom. And up in the, like Georgian Bay, you're going through these channels and it's not sand like it is in the Carolinas. Mm -hmm. They got these massive rocks, you know, and if you hit one of those, you're done. And uh, we were going out into... Um, Echo Bay? No, this uh, Georgian Bay. We're coming out of one of the, uh, one of the uh, little, little channels. And there was like, the waves were probably six feet, you mm -hmm. know. And oh, and we were leaving Hopewell. Hopewell. Okay. And, they, and uh, six foot high. And we, we're traveling with three other boats. Of course, they're bigger than I am, but they send me out first, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I radio back to them. I go, guys, are you sure? And I look back. They had already turned around and went back. And uh, so we get out there, and there's some signs that, you know, if you move over too far on one side, you hit rocks, or too far on the other side, hit rocks. And I've got to get turned around with these six foot waves and, and uh, you know, try not to hit the rocks or, or roll the boat. And uh, we, we did it, but that was truly an awe moment. Wow. <laughs> you know, and then the other awe moments, the good sides of the moments are, you know, like, oh, that, that, that trip on the big chute. And there's a place called uh, Henry's Fish Camp in, in Canada that... Mm -hmm. The only way you can get there is by boat or seaplane. These big seaplanes would come in and, and drop people off at the restaurant. And, and then when you're at anchor up there, especially in Canada, and a few other places along the way, you know, there's no light pollution. So you can look all the way up into the Milky Way, which is just, it's just beautiful. Wow. It's yeah, yeah, I can imagine. You saw some beautiful dark skies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's so many, there's so many of them, Scott. You know, yeah. either way, but so many amazing moments, you know, that just, wow, you know, and then there's those awe moments that uh, build respect, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. Can you tell us just a little bit, a little bit about the boat? The boat, the uh, um, 39 foot main ship trawler, trawler uh, had about what, 900 square feet? Roughly, I mean, it had, it had a uh, fly bridge, you know, it had a, it had a berth, uh, two, two, two uh, state rooms, a salon, a full bathroom, you know, it was full, full galley and uh, just loved it. Loved the boat. It's a great, easy handling boat. Um, one engine. So, um, you know, when you have, when you're out there, you, you join groups like Boat US, which is Towboat US or, or SeaTo. They have like, it's like, uh, triple a so you could you know they'll if you break down they could, they'll come out and give you a tow into the nearest marina um it traveled at at cruising speed was eight miles an hour you know so we did all over the four-year period we did sixteen thousand miles at eight miles an hour i love that yeah and uh but it just it was an easy boat to drive it was super comfortable it was Big enough for her and I, and we could have a, a you know, nobody, we never allowed more than two people to stay overnight, which is okay. kind of and that's it, you know. Yeah, we, we had somebody ask us once, how many people can you sleep? I said, technically, we could sleep uh, four, five, six. Well, maybe. we could actually sleep six before we removed the couch. And, um, but we only allowed two people, and that'd be us. <laughs> yeah, that's yours. It's yours. Yeah. yeah, so it's really comfortable boats. You know, it's 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 it was our home for four years. You know, it. Uh, I mean, we we loved it. We just loved that boat. It was hard to we sold it. It was hard to get rid it. of it. And but... I miss it dearly. But there are loopers 
doing a loop in that boat again, you know, it's taking yeah. it around again. So. 16,000 miles at eight miles an hour. Awesome. Well, <laughs> That's awesome. So when you guys tell us about like, tell us about the finish, like when you guys finished the great loop, I know you, I think you said you went back down to Florida, but what was yeah. it like for you guys to complete the loop? Bittersweet. Bittersweet because we're fit. Or the, the bitter part is, you know, we we're finishing it. Mm -hmm. And the sweet part is because we're finishing. But after the after, you know, it's just like you didn't want it to stop. Yeah. You know, it was so cool going. It's just a bittersweet. Uh, we had some people met us and took our pictures of us. You, yeah. With a loop, you you know, your first time around, you fly a white birdie, and once you've done it, you fly a gold birdie, and we've got our gold, which we we fly. Mm -hmm. And then uh, if you go three times around, it's it's a platinum. But it just, I think it was bittersweet for me. You know, I just it was such a, a fun time and uh, you knew it was coming to an end, which we didn't stop, but. Anyway. Well, we, we'd started a second loop um, prior to selling the boat, but because the fuel price is being so high, mm -hmm. um, you know, $7 a gallon diesel, uh, that's, and we, we hold 300 gallons. So it was like, yikes, you know, mm -hmm. we've already done the Trent Severin. We, it, we just couldn't justify the cost to do it. Continue. I see things we've already seen. So yeah. we just kind of backed off and spent the summer with family. Totally understand. So guys, you sold all of your stuff. You buy this boat, you go do this 390 days, 16,000 miles at eight miles an hour. And then when it's done, you sold that. So what's, what's, what's next? So what, what comes next in the story? Oh, we we have a uh, we have a uh, class A motorhome now. Amazing! And because uh, we refuse to buy a house yet, we're we're not ready. We haven't grown up yet, guys. <laughs> Amazing! We're not going to stop. So you guys literally went from the boat to the RV. Yep. yep. One thing about the, what the difference is between those things is an one RV, has tires. Yeah, one's got <laughs> wheels, the other doesn't. You know, but uh, the RV is much easier to work in than a boat because you don't have boat yoga to do inside the engine room okay and the boat is is more enjoyable to drive than the rv you know traveling the, the highways which we came up from florida up to here i got i got stuff i gotta learn man i gotta get off those highways <laughs> i gotta get off yeah. the beaten trail man yeah and so, it, we're, we're really looking forward to the next yeah, to the next steps i we, mean we've got a whole list of places that we want to go see. One of them being Alaska. Um, after after July, we're headed to Nova Scotia. We're going to probably spend a good month in that area, and uh, it's just it's really Maine. exciting. We're going to do the main coast and uh, indulge in lobster, and then head into Nova Scotia, and then into Canada a little bit, and then back down. And we're going to head back to Florida where it's warm. Yeah. So I, I, and I was going to ask you this earlier because you sell your house to go take this trip. I mean, that's a pretty permanent thing, right? I mean, yes. you could yeah. have rented it out or done something to, you know, bide time for a year, but, but this was kind of a permanent plan. Now you're in the RV. Is, is there an end game? Not yet. Not yet. But I'm sure there will be, you know, yeah. we are, I mean, obviously we're getting older, you know, our age and health will determine what we end up doing. Um, I think our plan is to continue doing it as long as we can, or we get either we get sick of it or, or we're forced to, to stop doing it. Yeah, I love it. Well, I say I say keep going. I want to yeah. ask you just for the for the great loop piece. Um, did you guys change as people in the process? What did you learn about yourselves? Well, we learned how to live small. We learned how to live close. Well, it makes a lot of guys say they envy me because my wife enjoys doing what I do. But you know, when you, I mean, we we enjoyed it. You know, there's there was when things get a little touchy, you just get away from each other a little bit. But it wasn't too much of that. She was she was a great admiral. I was the captain. And I think uh, I think as a person, I think it, again, it's changed us. It, it's broadened who we are. Mm because of what we, we have experienced, you know, um, before we lived in our own little bubble and, and we did our own little things and all that stuff, you know, it, now we've learned all this stuff, you know, and we've seen all this stuff. Well, you, you, we've also learned how to be patient and, Patience and, a big uh, part, and you, you, you have to pick your battles, you know, is it really mm -hmm. that important to prove he's wrong 
Nope. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Scott. <laughs> I love it. You guys are great. So, I, think, I think it's changed us a lot, though. I think I think it's made us better people, to be honest with you. Yeah. In what way? Can you elaborate on that? I think it. I think it's um, after seeing what's out there and so much different. You know how each territory that we visited. The differences in the people, you know, um, the cultures, um, the language, uh, all that stuff. We never knew that, you know. We we only lived in our own little bubble, you know, and saw the same people day in and day out. And it's really a a big world out there. It's huge, and with lots of people. And uh, you know, and we I think we surrounded ourselves with some pretty awesome people. Yeah. yeah. Well, you learn to you. We learn to be a little more open and open. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we, we learned how to handle the challenges, and yeah. um, you know, and like I said, you you learn how to cope with just about anything. Yeah, it yeah. just it's so. I mean, like this whole uh, podcast that you know and what you're doing, it's really so important. So many people are so afraid to do this. It's not a big deal, you know. It's it's a shame that more don't get out of their out of their their they're out of their space and get out and experience some of this stuff. You know, whether it's like going to the extremes that we did or just doing it, you know, six months at a whack or three months yeah. at a whack and just getting out there and, and doing stuff. You don't have to sell everything. You know, we chose to, but yeah, we, we don't chose have to. to. We have friends that never, you know, they still own their properties and stuff. I think, I think the biggest thing that we, we derived out of this whole thing is having that faith in each other that you knew what yeah. you were doing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You know, that your your first you never tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Look at you guys learning. This is great. <laughs> Why do you think I became admiral? <laughs> I was I started out as the first mate and then I assigned the admiral to myself. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Was did you guys surprise yourself at, at all? Was there anything was there anything that you surprised yourself about? Mm, I I'd say just so. just be, I, I think a little bit because we did this, you know, but it, I mean it again to us it wasn't a big deal, but I, I mean it was it, you know, it was it, you know, I think it's kind of surprised that we're doing it once we got into it, you know, but it's uh I didn't know how to tie a knot when we left. <laughs> no, you know, she's become a pretty good cleater. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know I didn't know how to catch a mooring ball or anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm lucky I didn't fall over the the rail when I was trying to reach for the rope. <laughs> yeah, so we, get, we get better. I think the one thing that people our age, you know, that are afraid to do something like this, are so worried about the health of field, what's out there, you know. Um, what if you have a heart attack or what if, you know, you got cancer or what if you broke a leg, you know, the, the health field out there in network, you know, you, you're really well taken care of. We had a friend up in, you know, a looper that had a heart attack while he's on the loop and they had him into a, a Syracuse, it happened to be in Clayton, but they had him in Syracuse hospital. He's well taken care of, got, got taken, you know, taken mm -hmm. care of. It took about a month. And he was back on his way, you know, and we had a friend that had cancer and uh, uh, she had, a, you know, like, it's all under control now, yeah. but I mean, but she had, it was, it was one of those cancers that aren't going to go away. Yeah. And she learned, uh, she dealt with it. They well, continue, well, they're her, still doing it. Yeah. It, her she, and her husband just made sure the boat was in the proper place so she could pick up an airplane, and go get her checkups and come or, back. Or treatments <laughs> or whatever the case is. And, and that was like four years ago, we ran into these guys and they're still doing it. They're still on a boat and she's still, you know, one, well, she's, cancer. she's cancer free now, but she still has to have her scans once a year and stuff like that. So you learn, you know, there's all kinds of systems out there to get you taken care of health wise, you know? Yeah. Well, and I really appreciate that. And I appreciate what you said about, you know, podcast and um, how we're trying to encourage people to listen to that voice and get outside. And I think by you guys doing what you love and then being willing to come on here and share your story, um, it's really inspiring. It really helps. Um, and so I think with that, what advice do you have for people that are inspired by your story, but maybe are thinking, well, I could never do that? Do it. Yeah, do, do it. it. You can do it. It's, it's just do it. You know, it's, it's, uh, don't, 
you never get another chance, you know, just, you know, do this thing. If you don't like it, once you get into it, you can always go back, to, you know, you don't have right. to continue, you know, but I think you got to do it. I mean, if I would rather have the memories than the, than the, the I wish I did or the should I or should have, you know, done it type thing. So I would have rather have the memories than that. And, I mean, there's a lot of people out there like that, Scott, like you're trying to change and get them inspired. And uh, I'll tell you, man, I, just do it. Just do it. It's all worth it. Just do it. It is all worth it. So Dave and Denise, the, the great loop adventure that you guys took, that was epic. And now you're on your own part two. You're in this RV and who knows where you're going to go next. I can't wait to hear that story. It's probably another podcast. <laughs> but, you know, at some point, Hollywood's going to pick up on your story. No, I'll tell you, there's a, there's, there's a lot of loopers out there doing the same thing. But your story's great. And uh, when they make the movie about you two, the, the, the movie about Dave and Denise Liga, I want to know who's going to be the Hollywood actor and actress that's going to play you in your movie. Well, I told him that it should be uh, George Clooney from The Perfect Storm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay, George Clooney, Denise. Uh, and also the, the same, the uh, other captain that was in there, um, Linda Greenlaw, she was played by Mary Elizabeth Mastra Antonio. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. I love this. Okay, yeah. we've got a cast. And what's your movie going to be called? The Wind's Going to Change. Nice. The Wind's Going to Change. I say that every morning. He, he would. He, we would plan our trip and... He, and the wind would pick up and he'd look at me and go, the wind's going to change. And I told him I was going to put that on his tombstone. That's amazing. That has to be the title of your movie. The wind's going to change. Wow, that was so good. Well, you guys, thank you so much for sharing the story. Thanks for taking the adventure, for inspiring people to uh, listen to that voice. And for those that are listening, I hope you have been inspired as much as I have. I hope that Dave and Denise's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you for listening. Dave, Denise, thank you so much for being here. Thanks oh, for having bless, us, Scott. Scott. Thank you.